Welcome to another episode of Electable. I'm Deb Chubb, and this podcast is sponsored by the Indiana Women's Action Movement. Um, we are moving along. We are so excited to be meeting all of the excellent Democratic candidates that are running for the state legislature this year. And today, we're very fortunate to be with Robin Williams. She is running for House District 30 in the Kokomo area. And um, and I'll let Robin tell us a little bit more about the district. Um, but Robin, tell us also about yourself and your background and why you're running for the state legislature. Thanks, Deb. I'm so happy to be here today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, House District 30 is encompasses Kokomo, of course, but it also extends to Greentown and a little slice of Grant County. So, um, you know, it, it's sort of Kokomo and then east of Kokomo. Um, the reason I'm running, my family's been in this uh, Howard County area for the last 171 years. And while I was gone for many years uh, working in cities like Atlanta, New Orleans and Indianapolis in the arts um, as a not-for-profit leader in the arts, um, I came back in 2018, my mother passed away um, and I inherited the house that my grandparents built back in the 1930s here in Kokomo. Oh, wow. So I really felt that there was something in my spirit that I had something to contribute to this community and I felt that this would be an opportunity for then, you know, for me to lend some of my uh, leadership skills to, of course, the city of Kokomo and to the entire district. Um, my father also ran for Congress back in the mid 90s, Mel Ligon. Uh, he ran as a, a Republican, actually, um, against Steve Boyer. And so uh, anyway, he was never able to make it through his campaign. He died in the middle of his campaign, and uh, I kind of feel like I'm taking the torch that my father had and running with it and trying to do good work for the citizens of this community. So, well, that's great. So you've got like a ton of history here in Indiana and in uh, Indiana politics. That's great. So um, now you've come back to Indiana, and um, I'm sure you were a little bit shocked uh, by what was happening in our supermajority legislature uh, in Indiana. And I'm Sure, that had something to do with your deciding to run as well. So <laughs> Most tell, us, yeah, tell us about your platform. Tell us about what issues are important to you and, you know, what all you'd like to work on as a state representative. Well, I've always been a, a big supporter of women's rights, civil rights, of course, because I've worked uh, when I lived in Atlanta. I worked with a lot of civil rights leaders there. Um worked with my husband, who is the national media director for SCLC, which is Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy organization. Um, and then we were able to work with amazing people like Stacey Abrams, uh, you know, Andrew Young, you know, all of these people, John Lewis, they've been huge uh, inspirations for me. And just even being able to be foot on the ground with them um, has really inspired me to want to be involved in politics as well. Uh, but, you know, women's rights most definitely, you know, just basically giving wings to the wingless, <laughs> voices to the voiceless, you know, uh, really trying to represent people who do not have uh, a seat at the table. And I think that's the, the biggest part of, um, you know, me wanting to run uh, here in this district. In this district, we have issues to face. Um, you know, this is a, a very much a, um, a working class kind of district. We've had, you know, a tremendous amount of power when it comes to uh, the auto industry that has waned over the years. And so really strengthening the unions and uh, really reestablishing a presence for the unions in the district, district, I think is very important as well. 
But women here, we need as much as we can get in terms of support as we move forward with all the challenges that we're facing right now. So, you know, with the abortion ban, um, we've got to do something about that. We've got to combat that issue. Right. I think, um, well, that is huge. I mean, taking away the fundamental constitutional rights, um, you know, guaranteed in our state constitution, as well as the United States constitution, uh, that suddenly don't apply to half of the population. It's frightening. So, it is frightening. <laughs> I mean, it's more than frightening. Okay. So, you know, I think that, you know, electing women to the state house, so we will have, uh, uh, you know, a power of voice in the state house when these things come up is essential at this time. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a woman, but I just think we need advocacy and we need to band together to make that happen, you know? Right. So the yeah. only way, and the only way for us to do this, to get elected by people who understand that these are our inalienable rights that we have to, you know, step up and fight. Right. And, you know, historically in Indiana, you know, right now we have less than 25% women in the state house and that includes Republican women. That's um, right. And, the, you know, it's so clear that that is the situation when you look at the policies that impact women, uh, everything from, you know, equal pay for equal work, um, pregnancy accommodations in the workplace, um, the epidemic. Contraception. Uh, I right, mean, you know. Right. The, yeah. The inability so to you access want to take contraception. Our, our right to make <laughs> our own uh, choices about our, you know, our uh, health care. But now you want to take away our right to even have contraception readily available to us. You are disabling us not only health-wise, but your our economic vitality and viability as well. Uh, you know, women are going to have to drop out of school or take jobs that they wouldn't normally take, or even not work if they have to raise children that they were not planning for. So there's just a ripple effect that is going to happen if uh, we don't if we don't go back to the state house and fight this. Right. It's not even you know. It's not even a uh, you know anything positive you know this notion that it's oh well it's saving babies well i mean that's just ridiculous our maternal mortality mortality rate in indiana is you know twice the national rate uh, and that's now right. we're willing to just let that skyrocket because we'll be taking this health care component away from women uh you we couldn't even get indiana legislature to pass a pregnancy accommodation in the workplace bill that would support pregnant women keeping their jobs so um, and and nothing changed when they decided to take away our rights to abortion. They nobody then said, OK, well, well, now we'll give pregnant women some support. They really they're not didn't. fortifying with funding. They're not stepping up and saying, OK, we're going to accommodate uh, women in the workplace who now have to you know, go through a pregnancy. So it's just amazing to me that, you know, you want to do this, but you don't want to put the things in place infrastructurally to make. Uh, a support for women who would then have that, you know, they don't have a choice anymore. They have to go along with it. So right. it's just, it's uh, the word I like to use is draconian <laughs> because it is, I mean, this is, this is serious business we're, we're dealing with now. And uh, number one on my list right now is, is, you know, advocating for women to have the rights that they, you know, their inalienable rights that they deserve. 
Right. And in your district, I mean, this is really even more impactful because you're in a rural district. Um, you know, the I mean, not even just this issue, but many issues that the supermajority uh, has been passing laws about or ignoring issues um, really impact rural Hoosiers more than others. They've been more left behind by Republican leadership than anyone in the state. Uh, you know, we hear now about, you know, in 33 counties in Indiana, you can't even get prenatal care uh, at right. any price. Um, you can't get child care in many, in many, many rural uh, counties. Um, so there's just not things available. And so, you know, women in rural counties are working at low wage jobs and are losing more and more rights. And frankly, whole families are being impacted by the legislative agenda of the supermajority that's just keeping everyone, you know, poor, unhealthy and uneducated is you know. there's not even money being put in for child care or even within when the kids get to school, the pre-K or the wraparound um, after school and before school programs that they should have in place. I worked at AYS in Indianapolis and we provided uh, after school wraparound program actually before and after school in 54 schools. And wow. so I know what that's like and I know how important it is and how impactful it is for people not to have access to that. Um, and our legislators are not doing anything about it. They're not approving any kind of funding to fortify what is going to be now very much needed uh, with this new abortion ban. Yeah, I mean, and it's I mean, it is kind of crazy as much as as much complaining as I have done over the last several years about these policies. Um, you know, what they did in the special session just exacerbates all of the problems that we will have. You know, we've driven teachers from our state. Now we're going to drive good teacher, uh, good doctors from our state and college students will not come here. Uh, and of course, there's no money, you know, being put in for if, you know, if the goal is to have a lot more babies, you know, where's the childcare? Where's the, where's the public education funding to support exactly. those kids? It, you know, it's just really a, just a dead end. We Again, just met with this. Uh, we actually met with teachers from three districts here in this, uh, you know, district. And so these were some of the concerns that they also had uh, when we had the discussion was myself and Josh Lowry, who's running for state Senate. Um, and it's just amazing to me, an infrastructure that is not going to be there. And then we're dealing, of course, like with 1134, they have vowed to bring this back. It may not be the same thing, but it'll be primarily the same issues that are going to be um, looked at again. So uh, teachers are going to have to still be in the fight as well um, to advocate for, you know, the autonomy to teach the truth and not be imprisoned by politics. Right. You know? It's just this like constant like beating teachers in the head. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's become so demeaning and demoralizing for teachers around here. And, you know, of course, they've almost completely crushed the teachers union, uh, which and I like to point out that no other unions are treated like this in Indiana, just the teachers union. Um, it's really an agenda to destroy public education and the and teachers unions. Um, and I don't know. I mean, already we have this big shortage, something like 3000 teaching positions are vacant. Uh, I think it's more than that now, Deb. I think they said at least thirty five hundred. Um, oh, luckily that's not a huge problem here, but what a lot of the teachers told us is that they don't have supportive services though. They don't have resource officers 
to protect the kids. They have to share those resource officers and the social workers with other schools or other school systems. And, you know, we don't have, again, the infrastructure uh, available to teachers to support what they're doing um, with teachers, uh, you know, teachers are doing with their families and the kids. Um, they just don't have it. They don't have it. Yeah, and we just, that has we to change. change. Yes, we just need a change like so it badly. I, I mean, there's just nowhere to go, uh, you know, with this Republican supermajority. There's just nowhere to go but just down. Uh, you know, you feel like, you know, spiraling the, you know, the, you know, the drain. Uh, and it's just the spiral is getting faster and faster uh, because of every new policy that the Republicans put in place. It's really shocking. So, okay, so tell me about other other issues on your platform. What are your other passions? What is it you want to do uh, to make Indiana better as a state rep? Well, yesterday, just uh, a couple days ago, uh, just had an opportunity to be part of something that I've been very much intimately involved with. Um, we did uh, a beautiful social justice mural uh, in the town of Kokomo. Um, downtown, and it was through the Tippecanoe Arts Federation and funding through the National Endowment of the Arts. And, you know, this, this land has never really been recognized as Miami Indian land. The Miamis were here first. This is an opportunity um, that we had. We brought an artist in from Denver, Colorado. Uh, his name is Thomas Evans, and he is just, I mean, outstanding. He created this mural, 60-foot tall murals, you know, like 75 feet wide mural in three days. Um, the chief of the Miami Indian tribe came and the tribal members came out and they absolutely loved it. Um, this is the first time that we were, and, and people don't really look at this as a social justice piece, but it certainly is. Um, you know, I've been, again, working in the civil rights movement in Atlanta, uh, and then of course, working on behalf of um, the black community, uh, Native American communities and others over the years, uh, this was a big deal for me and it really made an impact here. So I think that the arts are actually a way and arts and culture are a way of kind of um, addressing social issues in a way that people is more accessible to everyone. And so of course, in addition to the, the very essential issues that we're talking about with women's rights and civil rights and really rights of veterans as well, um, you know, we can illuminate those things through arts and culture. And that's, you know, what I specialize in and certainly will use that as a vehicle to, to make sure that people are not only aware, but then start thinking about things in a different way and start supporting people who need to be supported. That's wonderful. And it's great to, you know, have those reminders and the tribute and the, you know, respect for um, people that came here before us who really, you know, really sacrificed um, I mean, so the much. fact that we have a mayor uh, who is of that, uh, you know, he's uh, his grandfather or great, great, great grandfather was the chief of the Miami Indians. So that was oh, wow. made it a lot easier for us to do this presentation. And uh, he was there at the um, dedication of the mural. Um, but I just think it's essential for us to really look at what is the history of our community? How can we make our community better? And how can we, first of all, recognize, but then take all of that and then with the recognition and then make our community better by um, embracing one another and not propagating hate, but really understanding what, you know, the wisdom and all of the great things that lie within our community that we can really build upon. So 
That's awesome. So I know you did your district is gerrymandered, um, like many most districts in Indiana. Right. <laughs> and so your campaign really needs um, voter turnout, uh, because as um, our good friend Destiny Wells likes to say, Indiana is not a red state. It's a purple state with a voter turnout problem. And so um, so I want to just talk for a minute about getting out to vote. I know that um, there are many um, effective ways that we can help people get to the polls and get out there. Um, and I know one way that I think is very effective is asking people to uh, write down their voting plan. Where will you vote? When will you vote? And who will you vote for? And now is a good time to put that plan together. And so, um, so I wonder how you are going to help people too get to the polls. How do we get people to the polls to get you elected? Because if I enough mean people turn out, you will win. That's that's right. That's right. And the thing is, you know, there were only 6,000 people that voted in May out of 60,000 people in this city. Only 10 percent came out to vote. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, um, we've got to change that. So I know that the young Democrats have been out there registering people to vote. I've seen a lot of very young people um, getting excited about voting this time around. And even though it's not a presidential election, it's essential that people do turn out at the polls. Um, the best thing I can do is really just appeal to the people who, you know, the vote is going to matter to the most. Women right now are a big group that need to um, really mobilize and get around voting in November. And of course, our teachers, our educators, you know, people who definitely are going to be affected by it the most need to get out and, and take that step. And they do need to come up with a plan. Um, so, you know, whatever we can do, we've been out at the festivals all summer Strawberry Festival, um, Summer Celebration and others, trying to really talk to people about the importance of voting and actually getting people who are not registered, registered to vote. Excellent, excellent. All right, great, great. So we're almost out of time. So I just wanna ask you, um, you know, what is it that your campaign needs? What can we do to help your campaign? And how can people reach you? Well, yard signs and t-shirts and all of those things are important. <laughs> I am very active on Facebook right now. I've got a new website that's launching this week. I also have a campaign kickoff that's happening this Thursday um, at the Kokomo Ale House, which is right in my neighborhood and a, one of our favorite places to go. Um, Tommy Soul, who's a fantastic DJ, worked with B.B. King and Bobby Blue Bland. And everybody who knows me knows that I'm very much been involved in, in jazz and blues, working in that uh, community in New Orleans over the years. So I'll be singing a few little songs as well. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Trying to entertain wonderful. people. You know, it's, I think it's important uh, that people can connect with you on other levels than just politics. And, you know, uh, being kind of a Renaissance woman, I, I hope that everybody will have a touch point and they'll be inspired and they'll want to get out to the polls and encourage their families and communities to do the same. Um, but you'll, you'll be able to reach me on Facebook right now, but this week you'll be able to get to... Um, robinwilliamsforindiana.com and you'll see all of my information right there. And certainly um, I'll have accessibility to um, fundraising because I need it like every good candidate does. Uh, we, when we're doing these grassroots campaigns, we need, we need your support. So um, I'll be putting some things on my Facebook today and people can always reach out, go to Act Blue and donate. Great. And so, so the event that you're having that is on Thursday, uh, Thursday, 
nine at the Kokomo Ale House. Oh, t- say the time again. I think I I kind of overrode your sound for a second. Say, yeah, say the seven. Name. It's it's Kokomo Ale House from seven to nine p.m. this Thursday. It's at eleven thirty four. Ironic that it's eleven thirty four. Home Avenue. <laughs> And we're inviting everybody to come out and the folks that run that place are, are, are fantastic and very supportive. And we're just uh, excited to have a blues and jazz party um, to kick off my campaign. I can't Excellent. think of a better way to do it. Excellent. So people don't need tickets or anything. They just show up. No, they just show up and we're going to have a silent auction. We'll have all Great. kinds of food for folks to, and they can get their drinks and we'll have some good music and some good fun. So oh, good. Um, yeah, I'm always a sucker for a good silent auction. I, I love those. So um, terrific. So uh, and I'm hoping to make it. I really want to get down there for this. So um, uh, so it's Robin Williams for Indiana. Is that the number four? The number four. OK, great. Robin Williams for number four, Indiana dot com. OK, and that'll be coming in a couple of days. And otherwise, before that, we can find you on Facebook. Okay. Always. I'm there every always day. Okay. I've always got something to say. Uh, I always invite people to interact with me because, you know, if we can't discuss the issues, then we can't get to the polls and vote for the issues that are important for us. So I think it's important to always have an open dialogue. Great. And I know that, um, you know, things are so crazy, like we were talking about earlier, that a lot of Republicans really are, you know, they've had it. Uh, and this is just it's a, you know, a bridge too far. <laughs> and so uh, so I think I've heard um, that especially over these last few weeks, I've heard that from numerous people because this is a very Republican district that I'm in. And so, you know, I have to meet people where they are and I have to have that open dialogue with them. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, but I've definitely won a few people over. So I'm, I'm proud of that um, because, you know, it means that people are really listening to each other and, you know, the issues are really resonating and people are trying to make informed decisions about who they want uh, to advocate for them in the future. Right. And I think Republicans believe in retaining your personal liberties. Uh, that's something that Republicans have really found, you know, they can sink their teeth into. Well, my daddy did, and he was a Republican, and he taught me everything I know. So, you know, I'm not going to discount it. But uh, that's back in those days when when those values actually meant something. And those are the values that I grew up with. So certainly I'm bringing those forth now in this campaign. That's great. Okay, so we're out of time, but uh, hopefully I'll see you down at your um, your campaign launch, and um, and we can find you on Facebook. Uh, Rob- and what's your Facebook handle? Uh, Robin Williams for Indiana. Robin Williams for Indiana on Facebook, mm-hmm. and then in a few days it'll be Robin Williams for Indiana dot com dot com. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, great chatting with you, Robin. You are, you know, I can tell you are a super strong <laughs> candidate and we really need strong women like you in the state house right now. And we're, we're very grateful to you, Deb, for the tireless work that you've done on behalf of us female candidates running for office in the state. Uh, we need someone like you to kind of be the wind beneath our wings and keep us moving forward because it's not easy. There's nothing easy about us running, um, especially as women, but you know, now uh, we've really got to step it up and we've got to put our boots on the ground and make it happen. Right. And Indiana needs you. Uh, they need all of us. So, and that's working. why. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Robin. And um, we will talk to you again soon. I'm sure. Thank you, Deb.